Hey, uh, good morning, everyone. Great to see you all here today. And it's always awesome to hear uh, to hear everyone greeting each other and just um, just going in, into some relational stuff, and uh, th- that's always a blessing. So I just want to uh, invite you, if during the service things get boring or if in the message you want to do something else other than listen, just get up and start talking to other people like that. That'll be... <laughs> That'll be just fine. And Dave's speaking today, by the way. So, yeah. Nah, nah. There's nothing. There's. It's a great message we have coming here in a few moments. Uh, for those of you that I haven't met, my name is Van Cochran. I'm the lead pastor here, and uh, welcome. It's uh, it's awesome to see you here. Awesome to have everyone here. Especially if you're a guest, we have a welcome pack for you in the atrium at the Welcome Center. That's just uh, right out in in the atrium. Go out either door and um, walk out into the atrium and you'll see it. Uh, Welcome Pack has a worship CD in it, as well as some other uh, little gift items we want to give to you. And a little bit of information on the church. So um, pick one of those up, please. And for those who have never done it, if um, if if you're new this week and, and you and you feel okay uh, filling out a Connect card, that'd be awesome. If you've been coming for a while and you haven't filled out a Connect card yet, I'd appreciate it if you'd take 30 seconds to do that. I could drop it in the offering, or you can uh, drop it off at the Welcome Center, either one. And uh, uh, we, we basically we just want to know who you are. We want to know you. We want to know where you're coming from and. And um, and and uh, you know what what um, you know what is happening in lives. So uh, we pray over these each week, and we will send you a short letter in response to your uh, connect card, just a welcome letter. Now, a couple of things to draw to your attention. Uh, first of all, graduates, uh, we want to honor the graduates that are represented here in this church, and so uh, we're asking. You can read about this in the program. Uh, there is a, an address you can send a picture to, and we're going to put together a, a, a presentation for next week that will honor the graduates. And so I want to say this. If, if you're the mother of a graduate, then you know that your graduate probably is not going to take the time to send their picture in. So you do it, okay? Just to just get re- read the note in there and um, get us that information, please. Uh, our teen ministries had a couple of events this this weekend. Last night there was a senior high uh, AMP nine twelve movie night, and next Friday night there is a middle school AMP six um, eight that is going to have a bonfire. So you can read more about that in the program. I just draw it to your attention so you know uh, stuff like that's happening, and uh, you can read more about it. Now um, an, an exciting thing that's starting here in the church. And that we're going to be entering into in the fall is the kingdom, the School of Kingdom Ministry. Now, School of Kingdom Ministry originates in Champaign, Illinois, and we will be part of their school. It is an actual school where there is a certificate you get at the completion of the first year. And uh, this is all about ministry in the power of the Holy Spirit. And so the, the School of Kingdom Ministry is really designed for those that are engaging with Holy Spirit ministry. If, uh, if, if you're on the, on the cusp of entering into praying for people or prophetic ministry, and, uh, and you just re- you really, I mean, you're, you're into it. 
It's not, it's not a totally new thing to you. You're into it, but you, you really want to grow. This course will help you to grow and, and take giant steps ahead in your understanding of who God is, how he works, and uh, just, just the whole uh, praying for healing type of a thing. So we're going to give more information out about this in the next couple of weeks. Uh, but for right now, these brochures that give a basic introduction to the course uh, to the school are on the tables in the back of the auditorium. I encourage you to pick one up and read it and uh, pray about whether or not this is your next step of growth and uh, serving uh, the Lord in growing in his kingdom. So that's awesome. Awesome. Um, you know, one of the reasons we're doing this is that as a church body, we really long for the, the presence of God. We want to be a worshiping church, but we want to worship in God's presence. We want to experience his real, tangible presence where the Holy Spirit just kind of draws back whatever veil is there and shows us more of who God is. That's what our desire is. And because we are sort of presence-driven like that, uh, it, it really raises the question, well, why? What, what, why? Well, because we are to be worshipers. And the more we experience of God, the more fully we worship him. And as well, when God reveals his presence, his power and his life come with it. And so there are people's lives that are touched and changed just as we experience the presence of God. So our desire is that uh, th- this place... Uh, this this group of people that we will be people that have what uh, the Bible refers to as anointing and anointing. If you think of uh, someone being anointed with oil, that that's putting oil on them. Uh, we we want to be a people that have the anointing of the Holy Spirit on us, and that means that that it's obvious that God's at work in us and through us. And wherever we go, we're carrying God's presence. Um, this whole healing, uh, this whole healing issue, as far as God touching people's lives in a physical way, touching people's lives in a heart way, this is really what God's beginning to do here in a, a much broader way, in a much more regular way, in a more powerful way. In fact, a couple of weeks ago, about a month ago now, um, we ha- have Matt, who, uh, if you're ever here on a Saturday night, you'd see Matt back there running the soundboard. And Matt uh, is in a, a wheelchair um, permanently, unless, unless God heals him. But Matt had been having some problems with his intestines. And he had been in for two tests where the doctors found lesions and ulcerated places in his intestines. And they told him that he either had ulcerative colitis or he had Crohn's disease. Now, either one of those are, are real bad things. And uh, that Saturday night, uh, after I spoke, God just impressed it on, on my heart and mind that there was someone here with problems in their intestines. And I mentioned that as, as something for, for prayer. And Matt told me this last night. He said that he was in pain. When he came in, and he was in pain for the whole service, but he made the decision to pull his wheelchair out from behind the the sound booth and come down for prayer. And he said as soon as he did that, the pain left. And so, isn't that cool? Yeah, that's awesome, isn't it? But it gets better. I mean, it gets better. He came down. 
and a couple of us, uh, Jim Freeberg and I and someone else, uh, laid hands on him and prayed for him. And he said that when we prayed for him, he started to feel this tingling all through his uh, abdomen and down both of his legs. And um, so he had already had two scopes done where they found lesions and ulcers. That Tuesday, he was scheduled for a third scope. And uh, he went in that Tuesday. They, did the, they ran the scope on him, and the, and the doctor said, you are completely clean. Isn't that awesome? Yeah, that's really cool, isn't it? And I mean, we, we have reason to worship. Yeah, so uh, we're going to hear a great message here in a few moments, then we're going to worship. And so there's, there's, there's reason to worship. I, someone else shared with me this, and, and we want to start sharing more of this with the church body. But uh, a, a person that used to go to the church here years ago moved away and... Um, a couple weeks ago, drove 330 miles to come back to this church to get prayer. Uh, and I, I know that there are other churches on that, that trek of 330 miles that, where the presence of God was, and there are a lot of places. But for this person, hadn't found any out there where, where they live. And they came all the way back here uh, to get prayer, and God answered her prayers and gave her freedom from the thing that she was, she was longing for freedom in. And so that's another thing to praise God for, isn't it? Isn't that awesome? Yeah. Okay, so um, that all said, uh, we're going to receive our offering right now. And uh, uh, so if the ushers make their way down. And, and what I want you to do um, as ushers, if the ushers would uh, hear this, I want you to make sure you pass the basket down every row and um, don't look to see if someone's ready to give in that row. And, and what we want to do, what I want you to do and what I, I want to do when I'm sitting out there is take the basket. If it's not your week to give, you know, some people get paid monthly and they give monthly. Some people get paid bi-weekly and they give bi-weekly or weekly and they give weekly. But uh, this might not be your week to give. Still, take the basket and just, just say, thank you, God. And in that, thank you, God, for providing for me. Thank you, God, for providing for ministry and life-changing impact in people's lives. Thank you, God. And, uh, and then just pass that on to the next person. Father God, thank you. We do thank you. Thank you for your provision and your life and your love. We give now to honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, as, as we're doing this, um, and uh, just ignore me when you get the basket and turn your heart to God and say thank you to him. But um, you know, we learned in the, um, in, in the um, Freedom Project that as we give, that uh, we give in response to God's goodness because God, God is so good. And remember the phrase, pardon me, all the time is good all the time. And God's in a good mood today. And I mean, that kind of like says it in a way that will turn your head, but it makes the point. God's in a good mood today. And he provides for us and he blesses us. And we saw that as, as we give with joy, then what God does is he gives us more so we have more to give. And there's this cycle of of relational joy that happens as God gives more and I have more to give. It's, uh, it's, just, a, it's just a wonderful, uh, wonderful growth process. And as we see God's goodness, we're able to give with, with uh, real joy 
and enthusiasm and excitement. So um, I'm going to introduce a video clip right now, and then Dave King, our executive pastor, is going to come up and bring the message. Dave has a great message that I know is going to bless your hearts. Uh, in this video, it's from a movie called Despicable Me. Uh, anybody see it? Okay, in the movie, uh, there's this guy with a really big nose and a bunch of little kids. And uh, the, the background, if you haven't seen the movie, is these kids are orphans. And this guy has adopted them, but he adopted them not to love them and care for them. He adopted them to exploit them financially. I don't, I don't know how or what, but haven't seen the movie. But he, he, had, he had bad motives. So he's the bad guy. But in spending time with these children, his heart's changing and, is, and has changed. And we see kind of the, um, in, this, in this scene, we see kind of, kind of the high point of where you recognize this guy's heart is really changing. And he's, he's starting to fall in love with these kids. And so uh, let's watch the video and then Dave will come up with the message. Okay, go to Stanford. Oh, come on, you want a story? Please, sleepy kitten! Oh no, sorry, that, that book was accidentally destroyed maliciously. Tonight, we are going to read a new book. This one is called One Big Unicorn by who wrote this? Oh, me! I wrote it. Oh, look, it's a puppet book. Here, watch this. That's the horn. <laughs> this is going to be the best book ever. Not to pat myself on the back, but yes, it probably will be. Here we go. One big unicorn, strong and free, thought he was happy as he could be. Then three little kittens came around and turned his whole life upside down. Hey, that one looks like me. No, what are you talking about? These are kittens. Any relation to persons living or dead is completely coincidental. They made him laugh. Oh, they made him cry. He never should have said goodbye. And now he knows he could never part from those three little kittens that changed his heart. The end. Okay, all right. Good night. Well, I, I think that answers the question I was going to ask. It's like, what emotion did you feel as you watched that? But seriously, what emotion did you feel as you watched that scene? Warm and fuzzy. Okay, so where is warm and fuzzy coming from? Where's the root of that emotion? Love, our hearts. 
Yeah, there's something about that clip that just really tugs at our hearts because of what we see in that. And I really felt happy. And, and being a guy, I wasn't. I was going <clears throat> kind of quietly over here. Yeah, there, there's this this thing of happiness because we see people in a love and loving, secure relationship that they're belonging to each other. That there's a change happening in a relationship that's really good. You know, social researchers for years have been studying the impact on belonging and that we all have this need to belong. And it's important because for our well-being and happiness to know that we matter to someone, that we matter and that we belong to our families, that we belong with our friendships and that we belong in our church, is that we're really happy and content when that happens. But let's face it, the experience of rejection is all too common. Friends reject friends. Parents reject children. Children reject the parents. And spouses reject spouses. And in our hunger for acceptance, and our craving to really belong, we pursue after relationships, we pursue after relationships that and experiences that just lead us down a path that is just not good for us. And then we experience more rejection, more hurt, more disappointment. And that leaves us feeling alone and alienated. A need to belong. We were created with that need. God in creating us, creating us out of pure love, has designed us to be in relationship with Him and with each other. God, who is pure love, has given us this love to give back to Him and to give to each other, to give and receive that Van spoke about earlier. That's His heart for us. But humanity has rejected God and sinned. And by sinning, humanity has alienated ourselves from God. We are separated from that pure love. So in our relationships, we don't love purely. We become jealous. We become full of rage or bitterness. And this alienation is more than just physical distance or an emotional disconnect or distress. It is a spiritual reality because we are spiritually separated from God. Think of the thing that just really disturbs you the most, the most horrific thing that, that you just really can't stand to think about. Now, as I've brought that up, what emotion comes up? In terms of how we have related to God, that alienation, that horrific thing, that is what sin has done to our relationship with Him. If you're joining us for the first time, We've been in a message series entitled Gospel of the Kingdom. And we've been looking at how God as King, through His rule and reign, has broken into our existence, has broken into our worlds to bring His great love. And that by sending Jesus to die on the cross for our sins, that Jesus took all the punishment, all the guilt, all the shame, so that we could be in God's family. And if you haven't heard the other messages in this series, I encourage you to listen to the podcast or pick up a CD in the atrium. But over the past two weeks, we've really focused on living free lives 
as free children of God. And we talked about as sons and daughters last week, there is no condemnation for us because Jesus took the punishment and the guilt. He became sin for us. And this week, I want to talk about the lengths that God went to to bring us back into his family, to adopt us back so that we would know that we belong. We are looking at how God does this adoption in our lives. But before we do that, let's pray together. Father, thank you that you have so much love to give to us. And we just open our hearts today to learn, to listen, but to receive. Just be with us. In Jesus' name, amen. Questions come up in messages like this. Questions like, well, aren't we already God's children? Why do we need to be adopted? I mean, we belong to God, right? Because he is our creator. To answer these questions, I would like to look at some Bible verses. First of all, to the, the writings of John. In John chapter 1, verses 12 and 13 of his book, John says, Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. So aren't we all God's children? The answer is yes and no. Yes, we are his children in the sense that we are created. But that doesn't mean that we're in relationship. You see, sin has so separated us, has so alienated us, has so severely damaged the image of God in us that we are separated. We are no longer his children. John tells us, however, if we believe and receive we believe and receive, accept Jesus Christ, that Jesus came and died on the cross for all of our sins, that if we accept the reality that Jesus loves us so much that he is the most treasured possession, the most treasured person we can have in our lives, as we respond to that, we can know that we're in God's family. We can be restored to God's family. The word become in those verses, has spiritual significance. Because it's a, a, a word of spiritual significance from the standpoint that we have this nature that is changed. Is that God in his love for us has pursued after us in order to change us so we can be brought into his family. And that's good news. Because God planned long ago to have a relationship with us. And in order to have that relationship with us, he paid a very, very high price. God planned long ago to pay a high price for you and me. See, God determined in his heart that we belong to him. And out of pure love, he planned, he prepared a way for us to come back to his family. And as God thought about that plan and that preparation... It just brought sheer joy to his heart. Ephesians 1 verses 4 and 5 shows this. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. 
In love, he predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, Paul, the writer, points out how easily in, in human relationships we can rush after things and experiences and relationships that really aren't good for us. And so Paul urges the readers not to do that. Instead, he encourages us to focus on the greatness of God's love and security that he wants to pour into our lives. Paul quotes God when he writes these words. I will be a father to you, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. I like what Millard Erickson, a Bible scholar, wrote about people and how God responds. We are by nature and creation children of God, but we are rebellious and estranged children. We have voted ourselves out of God's family, as it were. But God, in adopting us, restores us to the relationship with Him for which we were originally created. So what's involved with adoption? Paul in the New Testament is the writer that really focuses on this concept of adoption. Adoption in the Greek and Roman cultures was a very common practice. And so Paul, in writing this letter to his friends, is led by God to use this illustration because they would be so familiar with it. In Roman culture, the father was viewed very, very powerful. This is a very powerful person who was to have great respect. And so if the father was in a relationship with another family and they were friends and he saw a son that he wanted as his own, he would approach this family and say, I want to adopt your son. And what would happen is a legal process would be set in motion as well as a symbolic process. And so witnesses would gather. It was a public event. And witnesses, there were usually two or three, perhaps more. And there would be a ceremony where the adoptive father would, would come before the natural father and his son. And he would say, I want to adopt your son. And so the, the natural father would say, okay, I will sell you my son. But, oh, wait, no, I'm not going to sell you my son. Again, the adoptive father would say, I want to adopt your son. A second time, the natural father would say, okay, I'll sell you my son. But then he would say, oh, wait, my son's not for sale. And then on the third time, the adoptive father would say, I want to adopt your son. The natural father would say, I will sell you my son. And at that moment in time, an exchange of money, a large amount of money, was given to the biological father. Once adopted, this new son had all the rights and privileges of his new family. He would have all the inheritance. Legally, he received a new father. He became an heir of the estate. And even if other sons were born... He still received his inheritance because he was part of the family. And in this legal system, that, in this legal transaction that had just happened, the old life of the adopted son, his family, his past, was totally done away with. It was completely wiped out. For example, if the son had lots of, of debt, all the debts were canceled. 
He was regarded as a new person entering a new life with a totally new relationship, which the past had no part. And in the eyes of the law, he was absolutely under the family of the new father. So stay with me. Spiritually speaking, God looks at you and me and says, I want you. I want to adopt you. I want to adopt you. But see, we are so wrapped up and controlled by sin that we are so severely separated from God. It's as if Satan and God has this conversation and Satan, who is like our father, will go before God and says, yeah, I'll tell you this one, but she's really messed up. Or have you seen just how worthless this guy is and what he's done? There is no forgiveness for them. Satan, the accuser, throws condemnation, accusation, and shame our way. But what God does, he says, wait a minute. I have paid the price. With the blood of Jesus, I have paid the price for this one. This one now is mine. And that one there, there's no condemnation because she's in Christ Jesus. So come here. You're mine. And that's good news. That is good news. Because God has brought us into his family. And the good news is, is that he's brought us into his family regardless of our background, our race, our gender. Listen to Paul's words in Galatians 3. For you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. And all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ, like putting on new clothes. There is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Paul addresses three relational areas where attention existed. Gentiles, generally speaking, Gentiles or non-Jewish people did not like the Jews because of their worship and their lifestyles. The Gentiles thought the Greeks were just too restrictive and uncultured. Jews did not like Gentiles. In fact, there was a, a prayer that was going around that was prayed by many Jews, and I'll paraphrase it for us, is that, Thank you, O God, that you did not make me a Gentile. Thank you, O God, that you did not make me a slave. Thank you, O God, that you did not make me a woman. Both Jews and Gentiles held disparaging view of women and slaves. They thought of this population as just property. But Paul says when we accept Christ, when we are clothed with Christ's righteousness or rightness, when we are clothed in the, the, the love that Christ gives to us and we wrap ourselves in that and as we give it to others, we are brothers and sisters in God's family. And a sign that shows inclusion for all of us is the sign of baptism. That as we are baptized, it says, yes, I belong to this family and this is my brother and this is my sister. And so what Christianity did in essence was bring together in a united way People in God's family of equal worth, of equal gifting, of equal value. And that's good news.
Another piece of good news is this. The Holy Spirit's presence in our lives speaks of God's investment in us. The Holy Spirit's presence in our lives speaks of God's investment in us. In Romans chapter 8, we read this. For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you have not received a spirit of slavery, leading to fear again, but you have received a spirit of adoption, as sons by which we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, heirs also. Heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, so that we may also be glorified with him. Again, Paul is writing with that image of adoption in mind. And the process that we just talked about earlier and thought about earlier is that the father that wants to do the adopting would go and he would approach the biological father. And at times he would approach the owner of a slave and would say, I want to adopt this one. So again, the process, the symbolic process and the legal process was set in motion. And remember, there needed to be at least two or three witnesses present. Paul says this, when we are brought into God's family as daughters and sons, we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to earn God's love. Because in this adoption process, God welcomes us to say, Daddy, and throw our arms wide open and to say, we love you. And God welcomes us. We can enjoy his love. And the reason we can enjoy his love is because deep down in our hearts, as we've experienced that that reality of adoption, something in our heart says, yes, I belong. But there's also the Holy Spirit in our lives that says, yep, you belong. You belong and you're loved. Now, there are times in our lives when one of those witnesses, us, It's not very reliable, are we? From the standpoint that there's times that we'll think, I've blown it again. We begin to doubt ourselves. We begin to doubt God's love for us. We begin to question, are we really in this relationship with God? And we we go through this checklist of how well we're doing so we can punish ourselves. At that moment is when the Holy Spirit says, wait a minute, you were paid with a price. You are loved and all your guilt, all your shame, all the punishment is done with. You are loved and you belong. Paul mentions a spirit of slavery. And how can that show up in our lives? It shows up by believing the lie that unless we're performing well for God or performing well in our relationships, unless we're doing that, we're going to be rejected. And we crave the acceptance and we, we long to matter to someone else. And so we'll do the things, try to, to perform, to gain the approval. And while we're trying to gain that approval and that acceptance, just fear rises up within us. I've struggled with my weight for many years. And when I was in elementary school, I was very overweight. So overweight that and I would walk down the hall and people would say, Dave, cookie monster. You're the cookie monster. That was the case until football season. 
Football season came along. It's like, Dave, yeah, we got you as our guard and our center this year. We're going to do well. On my very first football team, it was just starting out. We got all of our equipment, and I was so big that they did not have pants to fit me. So I had to play in my jeans. Talking about problems today, playing in football in jeans. But, hey, I played very, very well in jeans. They did get pants for me later in the season, so I was okay. But when I was up front and I was playing football, it's like I would run over people. It's like, yeah, we're winning here. And Dave, you're doing a great job. And this acceptance was just coming. Or in PE class with tug of war. Any tug of war fans here? Now, for those of you that did tug of war, you grab a rope. And for those of you that aren't familiar, you grab a rope and you pull each other with the idea of just pulling people across this line. I was the anchor, which means I was in the back. So I would just grab the rope like this, and then I would just sit down. The other team would go, yeah, Dave, we did it again. That love and that acceptance. But boy, did I dread PE class when it was time to choose teams for softball. Because for softball, I was usually one of the last ones picked. Picking you and picking you and picking you. And just as I was not being picked, that fear of, oh, here we go again. So I would get on my team. I would finally be picked. And I tended to overplay. Any of you know what overplaying is? It's like you so want to be accepted at the next time and want to be chosen earlier that you're going to just play your heart out. But the harder you play, the more clumsy you are. So I would actually get a hit and I'd run to first base and I'm thinking, hey, I'm doing well. And then I would trip over first base and wipe out the first baseman. It's like, what are you doing, Dave? Or I'd get ready to catch the ball and I'd put my glove up. I got it. I got it. And the ball would hit over the top of my glove and just hit me in the nose or hit me in the eye. And that happened several times. And I would always look at the glove. There's a hole in my glove. Why is that happening? It didn't stop in elementary school. In high school, I became a Christ follower and became a member of a church that was very kind, loving people. But one of their their important things was to dress really conservatively. You had to to look a certain way in church or in life. And so in order to feel accepted, I started dressing very, very conservatively. It's like, really, Dave, looking at you now, you're not dressing conservatively anymore? I mean, I was really, really conservative. And if you saw my high school picture, you would look, it's like, what was he thinking? As I look back, it's like, oh boy, what was I thinking? But I so wanted to belong, to be accepted. For years, I have battled this lie and truthfully still battle this lie that somehow I have to perform to do a good job in order to be pleasing to God or to others. But thanks to the truth of the Bible... And verses like I've read today and just reading them and memorizing them and letting the truth of God soak into my life is that I'm getting better in knowing that I belong. And through lots of counsel and emotional healing prayer, through the love of my family and friends who just love Dave for Dave, my heart is healing and that lie is loosening its grip. I am continuing to receive the truth in my heart that, Dave, you belong. I belong. You belong. If you've experienced this 
this truth of adoption in your life, you belong. I'd like to invite the worship band to come up at this point. And as the worship band is making their way up, even though that we've heard this truth of we belong and in our, in our heads we, we know that, but my hunch is that there are some people here this weekend that for whatever reason is not feeling that you belong. Some of you, like me, are fighting that lie that you're not performing well in life, whether it's at work or at school or in the relationships that you're in, that somehow you're feeling that you're not very lovable. Others of us are hurting because we're feeling rejection either in our friendships, feeling rejection from our families, or some of us are feeling hurt and disappointment over the dreams that we didn't think would really be playing out, feeling the hurt and disappointment even from our church. God wants us to know today that in spite of all the hurt, in spite of fear, in spite of distrust and disappointment, He understands because we belong to Him. If you're new with us, we spend the next 20 minutes or so worshiping. It's a way that we just sing to God. But it's also our way of saying, God, we love you. We adore you. And it's our expression of that love that touches God's heart. But in turn, during this time of worship, we receive God's love. So I'd invite you to stand. And one of the things we do around here, you'll notice some young adults coming up here. It's not restricted to young adults. If you feel that you want to come up and worship up here together, feel free to do that. You're welcome. But as we worship together, just express your love to God. But also take a few moments to let God speak his love to you. Let's worship. God, my God, I cry out, your beloved.